Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. I'm Kim Thompson-Pinder, the extraordinary word ninja and founder of RTI Publishing, where we work with you to ghostwrite and publish your signature book that will double your business by attracting clientele and position you as the go-to expert in your niche. Next, we will show you how to use your book to make lead generation and conversion a snap while building an audience. My guests include professionals, entrepreneurs, and coaches who use their skills to build people powerfully. They will share their story and powerful tips that will help you live better. They will also share their writing journey and how it has impacted their life and the lives of their readers. If you've ever wondered if writing a book makes a difference, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today I have Mike Young on, and he is the makeover master. And no, we're ladies, I'm not talking about the makeup on your face. One of the things I love about Mike is the fact that he spent years and thousands and thousands of dollars to learn what he's going to teach you today. Sometimes as entrepreneurs, we think, oh, I don't need to learn anything. Mm. Well, I'll guarantee you something. True entrepreneurs never stop learning. And so when his mortgage business crashed in 2008, he did the ultimate pivot. And he reinvented himself and he figured out what it was he did and how he could help others. So I am so thrilled to have him on the show today. And he's going to be talking about the four pillars of clarity. And I remember from our pre-conversation to this show, it blew my mind. I thought, I need to have this person on the show. When you have clarity in your business, things grow so much faster. So welcome to the show, Mike. Kim, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. So Mike, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit more and tell us a bit about your story. Yeah, you know, I think, I think if you go all the way back, I, uh, I spent the first 23 years of my life thinking I was going to play pro baseball. And when I got out of college, I realized that wasn't going to happen for me. It was uh, my skill set was not good enough to make it, make it to the pros. I had to pivot that time and I I fell into the mortgage industry. I had a friend who was doing very well. She said, I think you'd be great at this. You're really good at networking. You're really smart. You're good with numbers. And I did that for 10 years. We ended up building a company from scratch from six partners and a couple of employees to 10 offices, 250 employees. And in 2008, that came tumbling down. We were highly leveraged. We'd almost grown too fast right before the crash. It took me from liquid millionaire to $200,000 in debt in less than six months, uh, which is a- That's hard. It felt like a pretty big kick in the gut. (laughs) And maybe gut isn't the right word, but it felt like a pretty big kick. And so I, I really sat down during that time and I said, okay, I need to rebuild something because I'm not gonna give up. So what am I gonna do? And how am I going to do it? And I began taking courses. You know, I began trying to figure out how do I market a business and position a business online? And I really had no clue what I was even going to do. You know, I, I knew I had the dream, the entrepreneurial dream. Yes. I knew I wanted to work anywhere from with myself, from any, any place, any time and make money doing something I loved. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what that was. 
and I fell into a trap. I, I, I got hooked on taking course after course after course, but I never really fully executed anything. And I, shiny I now, object syndrome. Yeah, a little bit, but I, I, I've come to realize now it's I had a psychological self worth issue. Um, mm, I yes. felt like I felt like the 2008 crash was all my fault. Like the money I lost, I essentially lost all our assets as a family and everything else. I put a tremendous amount of responsibility on myself and said, this is all my fault. So the story going on in my head was, you suck, you're worthless, you know, all those, those conversations. And it took me a while to snap out of it. It took me, you know, the better part of eight and a half years and a couple hundred thousand dollars in courses and events and all these things. I thought that I was always seeking the solution, like somewhere out there, there's my answer. But the reality was the answer was inside. It was inside my, my mindset. It was inside myself. And once I healed that, things began to work. You bring up a powerful point because I failed like the first 12 years as an entrepreneur. Mm. And it kind of got to the point where I had to change my mindset because I kept seeing myself as a failure. So every time I tried something new, it failed and it failed because I thought it was a failure. So I sabotaged myself and didn't do what I was supposed to do. And it failed, which reinforced the fact that I felt like a failure. And I had to change how I saw myself. And when I was able to do that, that's when my results started to change. Yeah, you you end up creating a positive feedback loop, but the the word positive confuses people. It's actually a very negative cycle. You know, you can create a a positive feedback loop around taking heroin if you want. (laughs) Um, But but that cycle, first of all, what happens is is nobody nobody tells you that most entrepreneurs struggle for almost a decade and all you're seeing online is people having success and so you think everybody's winning while you're losing and nobody tells you the truth you know that yeah exactly that 95 plus percent of all marketing fails you know 95 plus percent of all offers fail and and most entrepreneurs struggle for about a, you know 5 to 10 years before they figure it out but you don't that's not the story you see online and so you get you get depressed and anxious and and you begin wondering what's wrong with you um, when in fact you're just learning you know it's just you're learning I think at this stage of the game I've learned that there was a much more efficient faster way to learn I just didn't know it at the time and, and there's all, always a period as an entrepreneur where you have to kind of pay your dues mm-hmm. where you're putting out you know so much action and effort and you're planting so many seeds and you're not getting a lot back and you have to persevere through that and you have to keep planting those seeds you have to keep taking those actions and then you know you're getting some small results but then you think why am i not getting the big results well you got to plant some more seed, right? Well, it, it comes down to, you know, what we're going to talk about today, probably, which is, is clarity. It comes down to you, you're, you're taking action towards what you think you want and you're, you're gathering information and you're, you're allowing the marketplace to give you feedback. And so as you take action, you, you think that if I do this, this is going to happen. But the reality is you don't know. And sometimes it works and that gives you positive emotions and sometimes it doesn't work and it gives you negative emotions. And so it's this constant state of course correcting until the light bulb goes off is that that process actually never ends. 
it's like you said in the beginning, the learning never ends. The process of taking action into the unknown and gathering information and then reading your body's energy to say, I'm in alignment with that thing or it's out of alignment, that's a never ending process. And once you realize that and, and your own light bulb goes off around that, you, you start to feel at ease and feel comfortable because you realize that this, this is a journey where you need to fall in love with the process and not the tactics. Yeah, and I've, I've learned not to become emotionally attached to the results. That's very helpful. Because things I thought would have amazing results have totally completely flopped. And yep. things that I was just doing on my normal day all of a sudden had amazing results that I never expected. I had a period where we, we had over $100,000 in sales in less than 19 days. And at the time, I thought these results are not only better than I expected, but this is, this is amazing to me. You know, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Well, six months later, it was the worst thing that had ever happened to me because the way I had structured the offer was, was out of alignment with me. And so it's, you, you have those moments where you think, Sometimes you think this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And later down the line, you realize it's one of the best. And it also happens vice versa, where some of these great things that happen to you turn out to be some of the worst. But in my mind, it's like, it's all, it's all character building. And, and sometimes those, when you say the worst thing that's ever happened to you, it's just adversity. And adversity, a lot of times gives you the opportunity to have the courage to get back up and build strength and character and wisdom and resolve and all those things that come from overcoming adversity. And many times those lessons that you learn in, in the times of adversity is what prepares you for the next stage of success that you're going to reach. Yeah, we were talking before the podcast and, and this world right now in the COVID world and 2020 is, is a little bit chaotic. Uh, and and I feel lucky that I, I've encountered enough adversity between 2008 and 2014 that I feel prepared. Mm -hmm. um, and even then, some, I've had moments over the last couple of months where I feel off my game and things feel out of balance because there's a lot going on right now. And so yes. if, if you haven't been prepared and, and forged, so to speak, through some fire, then, then you're, you're going to have a tough time when there's too much coming at you. And, and I, I think, too, one thing that, you know, is important is to recognize, just before we got on the show, you were telling me some things, and you, you hit the point where you said, I just needed to take a break for a few days. Mm. Sometimes we don't recognize the effect that things like COVID have had. I've had a few times over the last few months where I realized I couldn't figure out what was going on. And I finally realized I was just emotionally drained, you know, from the constant social distancing, from not really being able to see my, my family. You know, my, my grandbaby turned one in April, no birthday party. I couldn't even see yeah. him on his birthday. Yeah, it's been a weird world. You know, there was a period of three months where he grew and changed so much and I wasn't a part of it. And in fact, the first time we saw him in person, he didn't even recognize us. Yeah. That was a hard blow, right? Totally. But that was, you know, that was keeping family safe. Yeah. And on the other end of the spectrum, my grandma's at nearing the end of her life and she's, she's starting to, she has significant cognitive decline and, uh, um, I had to go a couple months without seeing her during this and she 
she had completely changed and it was also almost unrecognizable the other way, a 93-year-old that, that didn't recognize her own grandson. Um, and so it's a, it's a weird time. And I, I think I understand now that, that saying of whatever re- you resist persists because it is, I think we've all had those moments. We've had those moments where you, you break up with a boyfriend or girlfriend and you feel relief. And you're like, oh, gosh, I didn't realize I was holding on to like that. That was a decision that needed to happen yes. that I've been resisting making it. And I think the reality when you talk about clarity and a clarity towards a mission or something you're moving after, your body is literally telling you every single decision, every single minute, how you feel. And, and you, you ever had those moments, right, Kim, like where somebody says, hey, do you want to come to this, uh, this Tupperware party at somebody's house? And it's an MLM thing, but don't worry about it. And you kind of like almost like take a deep breath, like, ah, I just, I don't really want to go to that. You know, your body's literally having a reaction right in that moment. And if you can tap into that and listen to it, you can start to make the right choices for you. And, but so many people don't listen to themselves and they don't listen to that energy. I didn't for a long time. I didn't, I would maybe take that deep sigh. Like, I don't want to do this, but then I would say yes anyway. Um, and I don't know if that's social pressure. I don't know if it's what it is, but if you can listen to your, your natural energy, when you have decisions to make as you're moving towards a mission and, and if you can, if you can tap into that, you'll make more correct decisions. And I, I think that's the definition of stress, to be honest, is a significant period of time that goes by where you continually don't listen to that and you end up in this place of overwhelm, panic, stress, because you just haven't been listening to yourself for a very long time. I think one of the reasons why we say yes is we don't want people to think bad of us. And so we say yes to things we don't really want to do because we don't want to hurt the other person's feelings. And then we don't want them to think that we don't care or that we don't like them or, or that, you know, maybe if we say no, they won't like us. Yeah, we want, I mean, we, we care. We want people to like us. And well, first of all, if, if you're not clear on where you're headed, you're going to have the, the environment gets to dictate your emotions. Mm -hmm. And so if you're clear on where you're, you're headed and you're what you're moving towards and what you're trying to accomplish in this life, the decisions become easy. You've heard these stories about like old war generals that, oh, well, he was a great general because he made, he was very decisive and made quick decisions. That was because they knew the specific outcome they wanted and the direction they were heading in the war. So the decisions become easy at that point. Yeah. And that's why clarity is so important. And if, you know, I call it the four clarity pillars, but if you can tap into the four clarity pillars, your decisions almost all the time become instantaneous and you don't waste this time. I wasted so much time between 2008, 2014, wondering what to do on my decisions. And today I see, I see something come at me and I'm, I'm almost instantly able to filter it and say yes or no. And I just don't waste that time anymore because I have clarity. And I think that's important too. And you know, one of the things that's kind of funny, you know, you talked about when you're, when you're on that mission mm. and working from home, I've always worked from home. So I actually had to set up boundaries with mm. certain people because they did not understand that I worked from home. Oh, no, they did understand that I worked from home. They just thought, 
oh, she works from home. It doesn't matter what time I call. It doesn't matter, you know, doesn't matter if she's working. I'll, I'll just call and chat to her for a while. And yep. it, it got to the point I had to put boundaries and just actually sometimes not answer that phone call. Because so, I knew I was so going to be on the people. phone with that person for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and today, these little things right here, you know, uh, these, these cell phones that we have, they're, they're designed to be heavily addictive. Um, you can, you care, we carry them around, you know, like, like it's a lot of times we're leaving the house and it's like, Hey, do you have your cell phone? Like, that's the first question we ask, which is crazy to me. You know, it's not, it's not, do you have your wallet? Do you have your keys? It's, do you have your phone? <laughs> and, and it's, it, you've got to build boundaries for yourself and habits and routines and patterns for yourself. I think what everybody's after is they're after trying to fulfill their potential and they want to feel like this life is meaningful to them. But if you're always on your phone and you're always distracted and you're not setting boundaries, you'll, you'll arrive in a place where you crash. And those crashes are painful. You learn the lesson enough time and you, you hopefully dig out of it and you say, okay, enough's enough. Let me, let me reset the table here and, and build some patterns that I can sustain for a while. So Mike, I know you've come prepared to share about those those four pillars of clarity mm. and we've kind of touched on it. We've started to touch on it, but I know you've got some powerful things to share. So I'm going to let you loose to share what you've brought today. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the way I was wired was I was I was confused for so long and couldn't tie all the pieces together. I was, I kind of grew up when I was a kid of wanting to help other people. I always wanted to mentor and coach and guide and, you know, even from elementary school age. So when I did have success, that's what led me to write the book was mm -hmm. I just started, I was having success and I was like, why am I, I had to figure it out. Why am I having success? And then, because if I could figure out the why and almost reverse engineer it, then I could share and help others avoid some of the traps I fell into. So Mike. Um, yeah. You didn't tell us the title of your book. Oh, you know, I don't really promote it that much, I guess. So uh, my, my book's called Made Over um, because, I, I mean, I think that was the process for me. I had to make over myself and my mindset and my habits and my routines before my business ever was going to work. As I began reverse engineering why it was working, I realized it really was a, a, a function of having clarity in certain areas. And, and the four clarity pillars are pretty simple. It's get clarity on yourself, like how you operate, what's mm -hmm. important to you, what are your strengths and your weaknesses. Just really understand yourself at a deep level so that you know who you are, what's important to you. And a lot of that is like, what are your values? What are your beliefs? Um, what's your identity built around? Because so many people build their identity around external things. And so when the external thing crashes, like money or houses or mortgage business or whatever, you feel like your identity has been stripped away. Mm -hmm. And so if you can build a powerful identity around who you truly are, then nobody can take that from you. You can never be canceled in this canceled culture. The second thing is you need clarity on, if you're running a business, you need clarity on who your ideal client is. Like yes. who's the, who are the people that you're trying to help? And then, then the third pillar is you need clarity on what are the products or services and, and that you help those ideal clients with and how do you deliver those? And there's a lot of moving parts to this. You got to figure out not only how, what are the products and services, but then you got to figure out the systems and the processes and the teams to deliver it consistently yes. so that they're happy with those products and services. And I, and I think 
to, to interrupt my own thought process there, so many people don't focus on that section of the clarity pillars. They, they're, they, they see the ideal client, but they don't think about what problems are they having that I can solve. And it's as simple as that. And then you just build products and services to solve those specific problems. And people will give you money all day long. Um, and then the fourth clarity pillar is really a, a deeper level discussion, but it's if you understand how human beings are actually worked, like how we work, how we evolved, how our brains work, how our bodies work, then you almost get to this a place where you feel like you have a superpower. You can understand that 93% of communication is not the words that we use. It's, it's voice tonality and body language and, and some of the physiology that's going on. And you can understand when people do certain things with their voice tonality, what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And, and so if you, can, if you can master those pillars, you understand yourself, you understand your ideal clients, the problems they're having and how you solve them through your products and services, and then you understand how human beings work in general, you almost become unstoppable for the rest of your life. Um, and and that, that combination along with clarity of the mission or the game that you're playing, that you're choosing to play in, you literally are, as Marie Forleo would say, uh, I can't swear on the podcast, but she would say you're unblankable. You know, you, you, can't, you can't be messed with. <laughs> that, and that I think is really the game is, is there's so many times in that early stage and in, you, in your 12 years, Kim, things would happen. And in the early stages, things would happen to you, I bet, my guess is. And it might knock you off your game for weeks as you process the emotions and how you're feeling about it. And now at this stage of the game, you know, for me, 15 plus years into entrepreneurship, I feel like it would take an enormous, uh, enormous force, outside force to knock me off my focus. And yeah. when things happen that I don't see coming that I don't like, um, I had one yesterday. It took me about 30 seconds to get back to work, you know? Um, and we, you're going to encounter those things. So how long does it take you off your game until you can get back to work? Yeah. You know, it was funny when you talk about, you know, most of communication, not being the words you've said, it's the difference between someone who really loves you and comes up to you and says, wow, you look nice today. And someone who's your enemy and looks at you goes, yeah, you look nice today. Mm-hmm. Right. Exact same okay. words. Uh, the way they're communicated. I agree with you because things that used to phase me in the past don't even, I don't even give pause to. It's like, okay, deal with it. Done. Let's move on to the next thing. And watching what has been happening in COVID, I saw so many entrepreneurs just come to this dead stop. And I'm like, don't stop. Like, this is not (laughs) the time to stop. There's a craft shop that I like. I hadn't been a, client, a customer there long. I had just kind of found it right before COVID hit. And so, you know, she got shut down. That's fine. But we were allowed to open our stores back up. So I thought, mm. oh, great. There's things I need. I want to go in. You know, I want to help support my local business. You know, it was, it's a yarn shop. So it's one of those things I do occasionally order yarn online and I've been having to during this time period. I love the experience of going in, touching it, looking at it, seeing the real colors, because sometimes they don't come through online, really getting a sense of the material that the yarn's made with, so that I can, cr- I can pick the right yarn to create um, the project and make it 
make it well. So, right. you know, when you knit and crochet, if you use the wrong type of yarn, the project just doesn't quite turn out right. So we went, I went there in what, July. So, you know, she, she could have been open for probably for a month or so at that point and went around, you know, the door was, wasn't unlocked. So I just kind of knocked on it and she's like, I'm like, Oh, I want to come in and buy some yarn. She's like, yeah, we're still figuring at this whole thing out. And I might open again in September. Mm. I'm like, lady, you just lost a hundred to $200 sale. And she's like, well, you can go online and order. Yeah. Yeah. You don't understand your customers. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot places where I can get yarn cheaper, um, same quality, uh, and, you know, order online and have it shipped, you know, I want the experience. Yeah. 100%. And so she's lost out on all this business because she didn't know how to figure out how to open. Yeah. We, we all want the experience. Like we all, and, and, and I, I think we all, COVID is kind of the thief of joy, right? It's not, it's no longer fun to go to a restaurant with a mask on and try, try and eat a burger with a mask on. Uh, but, but I Shopping's think. Shopping's no fun either. Yeah, it's it's a weird time and and you know us humans we we really don't like uncertainty and we don't like the fear of the unknown and this environment is wildly unknown right now so everybody's kind of on edge and and we we want I I think that's the end of the day we want we want patterns and routines and habits that create certainty this is why people sometimes get addicted to heroin and when they go too far into the unknown, which is a life off heroin, they come back to the drug because they at least know it. They know how it feels. They know what they're going to get. And so we want to, we want to do things. It's this constant yin and yang, so to speak, of taking enough action into the unknown and gathering that information and then, and then processing it and seeing how it ties into your specific mission. And this, this environment is wildly unknown for all of us. If you haven't done significant mindset work or you don't know yourself and you, I've seen some people that do some really weird things right now because ultimately it comes down to survival. Um, people, our brains are hardwired to try and keep us alive and that unknown environment means we might die. And, uh, and so people make some weird, awkward decisions. And you think about that as a business owner, they, they literally had a sale sitting right there. They didn't think about their customer first. They're thinking about themselves first. All, all they had to do was set up a way that you could make that happen and keep socially distanced and they could add a sale, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, you talked about like that familiar comfort zone. My dad uh, worked for the ministry of correctional services here in Ontario for many years. He was actually quite very high up in the ministry. One of the things he, he actually got to know a lot of the inmates cause he was in and out of a lot of the jails because he helped, um, designed some of the security systems, information systems, like a whole bunch of stuff. So he actually got to know quite a few prisoners just in, in his day-to-day what he did. And he was amazed at how many of them got out and could not deal with how things had changed. And so within a year, we're back in jail again. And yeah. usually with something more serious so that they'd be in jail longer. Yep, yep, for sure. Very, and all, all of that's very common when you start really understanding what's going on. You, you start seeing like, oh, that's common, but, but our minds don't tell us that story. Kind of like struggling for five to 10 years is pretty common, but you're, you're telling yourself a different story that you're somehow the outlier, that something's wrong with you. And the reality is nothing's wrong with you. You just, and that's, you know, going back to the, I took, I was taking all these books and courses and all this stuff. 
the way to shortcut that that cycle instead take 12 years down to two years or take eight and a half years down to one year whatever it is is to find somebody that's already done what you're trying to do mm-hmm. and hire them as hire them as a coach a mentor or guide and your audience is filled with coaches and and consultants and people like that it's like and they, they'll get that very quickly is i can save somebody years in in how to brand their business and position their business online and what are the systems and strategies and tactics to get more clients and convert them into sales? I can save them eight and a half years because it took me that long and it cost me a couple hundred grand and you can do it faster for less money by just finding somebody that's already done what you're trying to do. And I totally agree. And I think the other part of it is, is that you must be a lifelong learner as an entrepreneur, but the difference between an entrepreneur and a student student is the entrepreneur takes action on what they learn. They take action and they figure it out. So, you know, they learn something, they implement it. If you have a coach and mentor, obviously that's a great thing because they help you miss all the pitfalls. But if you don't have a coach or a mentor, then you still, you just learn to dig yourself out of the pitfalls and get back into the action again. So, and, you know. And there are, there are answers, but I think so many people, including myself in the beginning, I was seeking the answer. The answer is there is no answer. Um, it's and the and and it's it's this constant state of I tried something, did it work or not? Okay, I'm going to keep the things that work and I'm going to discard the things that didn't until I get it into a pattern that I can just do this consistently. It's mostly working, and the mentor or the guide is going to help you from trying things that are already proven not to work, and they're yeah. going to lead you to more things that are already proven to work. Yes. And so you, that's, that's the thing is you're going to spend less time having to guess and figure it out. And it's kind of like so many entrepreneurs in the beginning, they think that they have to invent something new to be an entrepreneur. They, they yep. think I need to invent the new Facebook. Well, that's, that's one of the mistakes is you just need to find something people are already buying and then sell that in your own unique way around who you are and what people are buying is they're buying you. If you're a personal brand, they're buying you. Yes. They like you and the way that you do. There's a million website developers out there. I'm going to choose the one that I feel like can do the job mm-hmm. because there's now, now maybe out of the million, maybe there's 10,000 that can do the job. Well, who am I going to choose between the 10,000? I'm going to pick the one I like and resonate and connect with the most. And, and so okay. that's, the, that's the game. Yeah, so true. I just uh, recently brought on a new graphic designer and it has been one of the best things that I have done. Mm. Uh, So much synergy, um, just had him redo a lot of my graphics, my website. So, you know, if you guys want to see the new website, you can check it out at author2authority.com. It was great because I could tell him what I wanted and he kind of half read my mind Mm. and was able to kind of, you know, pick it see the things that I wasn't telling him because I'm not a graphic designer. Right. So I was able to tell him the basic concepts and then it was kind of like he went in and went, that's exactly what I was thinking of. And the the amazing thing out there is there's somebody that has an equal skill talent as that designer would not, for whatever reason, you're just not aligned enough that would have a miserable experience with you because you just either your value systems are not the same or your communication styles are different or whatever. And so you can have an equal skill set, but if it's not in alignment with you, that's why you need clarity on who you are because then you can tell yourself, 
this is in alignment with me or not. Yeah. But if you're floundering around the world wondering who the heck you are and what your values and beliefs are, you, you should sit, some, sit in a cabin for a while and just think about that and think about why, what am I doing here? What's my mission? What, who am I? What do I believe? What do I, what, what do I enjoy? What don't I like? Because then you can begin to attract more of what you like and, and discard what you don't. Well, to be honest, if you can't answer those questions for yourself, how do you expect anybody else to recognize it in you? I, and I think, I think that's the biggest thing I see in the coaching uh, consulting space, the guru space, if you want to call it, is there's so many people that haven't sorted themselves first. And I know this because for a period of time, I was trying to do the same thing. I was trying to help other people before I'd help myself. And that's, that's the answer is the, why did it take 200 grand in eight and a half years? I hadn't sorted myself first. The process of sorting yourself is having the courage and the commitment to take action into the unknown, let yourself get beat in the head a couple hundred times, and then come back and say, okay, that didn't, I didn't like that. Like, <laughs> let, me, let me figure out why that is. But once you sort yourself, uh, you can really begin to help other people. That's kind of that, that old saying of you got to pour from a full cup. You know, it's like, it, it's very difficult if you haven't sorted yourself to help somebody else. And I think that comes from as entrepreneurs, we just want to take action. We want to get moving. We want to start making money. We want to, we want to, we want to, we want to, we want to. And, and we see that inner work or even, you know, that marketing work, that branding work, whatever word you want to call it, we see it as unimportant. Yeah. Because how can knowing who I am and, and who I serve and how do I serve them? How does that make me money? I just need to go out there and get clients. Right. And so that that really becomes difficult. And it was something that I dealt with. So, well, you know the, what, the, Mike, we are pretty well out of time today. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I, I, think was I, just want, gonna... I, I know I want to have you back. So we're, uh, there's more we need to talk about on this. But I was just going to say the process of figuring that out is not sitting in a cabin. It's taking action. And then and then you'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> so. Yes, exactly. So, Mike, how can people connect with you? Uh, they can find me on my website, themakeovermaster.com, and all my social media stuff's on there. We do uh, little five-minute mentoring sessions for people that are stuck and can't figure it out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for being on the show. So this has been Mike Young and Kim Thompson-Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. Quick reminder, if you've been enjoying this show, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. We are tri-weekly. Also would love to hear your reviews, see your reviews, what you like about the show, suggestions. And um, yeah, because you know what? When I get feedback, good and bad, I've learned to take bad feedback. It helps me to improve this show. So I would love to hear your reviews. So have a great day, everyone. Thank you for listening. And we will see you on the very next episode. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening to the Author to Authority podcast. I have a free gift for you. I'd like to invite you to download a sample of my newest book, Author to Authority, coming out this year. If you enjoy the podcast, you will enjoy learning how becoming an author can change not only your life, but your business as well. Go to www.authortoauthority.com forward slash free dash sample. 
So that is www.authortoauthority.com forward slash free sample. Have a great day and stay safe.